and welcome to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Onstad. Today I'm going to talk about four of those spiky skills that autistics are often very good at or really struggle with. Reading, writing, math, and physical coordination. Dyslexia is a fairly common known reading disability. There are a number of strategies for dealing with it. But first I want to mention that reading silently is a fairly recent phenomenon, at least in Europe. I couldn't find data on other regions. Before the 17th century, most Europeans read out loud. It can certainly be argued that being able to listen well is more important in many situations than being able to read easily. In the last 10 years, there has been a big interest in finding ways for dyslexics to navigate the printed world. One of these ways is changing the font used. Times New Roman is a classic font, but may or may not be the best font for dyslexics. Comic Sans is much maligned, but it is a very readable font, and studies show that it can be actually faster to write with than other fonts. I decided to test that myself, and at least for me, it's true. I was faithful to Times New Roman for decades, but now only type in Comic Sans. Many autistics are hyperlexic, meaning that they read very easily and with a high comprehension rate. I am fortunate to be one of those. If you are a hyperlexic child, the only risk is adults who assume that reading well means you will be good at everything else too. I got put directly into first grade and did not get to go to kindergarten. This was a disaster for me because not only was I younger and smaller than the other students, I missed out on the social learning that is such a huge part of kindergarten. My parents and teachers meant well, but it made my life very difficult. I also want to point out that hyperlexic children don't always learn to read early. I know several that didn't really click with reading until the second grade or even later. I wish we didn't put pressure on children to learn these things on a time frame. Most children want to learn, and punishing them for struggling at it doesn't make them better students or smarter people. Dysgraphia is difficulty with handwriting. I definitely had this as a child. It's a physical coordination problem, and it doesn't get much better with practice because it has to do with the hands themselves. The cartilage in the hands does not firm up until we are about 25, and so some people's hands may just be difficult to control until they get older. It can help to use a pencil or felt-tip pen, something that slows down the writing, rather than a ballpoint pen, which is more difficult to control. Some people with dysgraphia can improve their handwriting when they are older. I was able to do so when I took architectural lettering in college at the age of 24. I could, however, draw from a very early age, and you would think that the two skills would be related, but they weren't for me. Good drawing allows for variations in line pressure, and the shapes you are creating are much larger than letters. Drawing can include flexibility, sketching, and variation. Handwriting requires consistency and repetition. The advent of computers has helped many people with dysgraphia. I know some people lament the loss of handwriting as a skill, but I think too often it was used to discriminate against people who didn't have the time or the inclination or even the ability to practice it. I am glad that people can express themselves without the hurdle of being judged by their handwriting. Dyscalculia is difficulty using numbers and understanding mathematical concepts. 
I do suffer from this, and to this day have difficulty with even basic arithmetic. The invention of calculators was life-changing for me. In spite of my difficulty with numbers, I went into professions such as architecture, bookkeeping, and set design that require a lot of number usage. Computers and calculators make such work possible for me. However, I'm also aware of my weaknesses and so routinely check my numbers. I never could make friends with algebra, though. The autistic stereotype is someone who has hypercalculia and can remember and manipulate numbers easily. Often, but not always, these people are good at music, too. I do envy people who are good at math and music. I don't think I've met anyone who is both hyperlexic and hypercalculic, but that doesn't mean that no one is, obviously. Dyspraxia is poor physical coordination. Dyspraxia, or clumsiness, is highly associated with autism to the point that it is considered as a diagnostic trait, one that can help identify autism. I'm sorry I can't put a positive spin on this, but I did find that physical activities like walking, dancing, and some types of exercise helped, but the gains often were not permanent. If I stopped doing that activity, then I went right back to being clumsy. My personal theory is that because many autistics are hypermobile, it can make physical coordination difficult. All that aside, I have known many autistics who were very well coordinated, fantastic athletes, and who were good with physical tasks, so it is not a given that autistic people will suffer from dyspraxia. And here's your comforting words of the day. Try not to stress about whatever you feel your shortcomings are. Use whatever adaptations you can get to work for you. Smartness is not determined by the ability to manipulate numbers and letters. You aren't lazy or dumb. You can be creative, insightful, and brilliant, and still have trouble with reading, spelling, or math. Don't worry about it. And, you know, you look around you, you'll see a lot of people, almost everybody struggles with, with one of these. Very few people are good at everything. Most people are average at everything. That's what makes it the average. Now, here is your joke of the day. To be clear, I do not write these. I steal them fair and square from anonymous lists on the internet. How do pirates know that they are pirates? They think, therefore they are... <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me on this mini episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body and another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare. I wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream, Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia, and I'm also on a role-playing game podcast called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being Actually Autistic. Actually Autistic.